everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Billy Covey, and this week, whew, newsworthy week in the world of professional wrestling. Going to talk about Matt Riddle's suspension, Mandy Rose getting released by WWE, and Vince McMahon trying to make a comeback in his own company. Will it happen? I will put my two cents on that. I do want to say right off the bat to begin uh, the show this week that there will not be a review of Final Battle and NXT Deadline. Now, I'm going to explain why. With NXT Deadline, I was watching the show as it happened, and then all of a sudden, and I kid you not, folks, my Wi-Fi went out. Yeah, my Wi-Fi went out. And then then the cable went out. Now, Now, I was watching this on the stream. I was watching this on Peacock, on the cock. And I was in the middle... Of the Alba Fire Isla Dawn match. And then all of a sudden it just went black. So I thought to myself, okay, maybe this is Peacock. Maybe something's wrong with Peacock. So I tried to go in again, stayed black. Then I tried to watch on the Xbox, did nothing. Then I went to watch it on my computer, and that's when I realized, oh great, this is not working. So I did not get a chance to watch the rest of the NXT Deadline show, so I'm not going to be critical or anything. With the final battle show, I wanted to watch that as a fan. I wanted to watch that show as a fan. Just, you know, for fun. I'm going to tell you, if you have not seen this show yet, and it's been a week ago, this is easily the best show Ring of Honor has had since Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor back in March. They've had three pay-per-view shows. Each one has been good in their own way. But to me, this is by far the best of the three. Um, every match was really good. There wasn't one match... Where I just felt like, oh my god, this match sucks. It shouldn't be on here. Even the pre-show matches were good matches. And then you get to the double dog collar match with FTR and the Briscoes. Un-be-freaking-leavable. When that match ended, I I swear, I thought I had seen... The greatest dog collar match I've ever seen. I mean, it might be the greatest dog collar match of all time. And and we're talking about, you know, Piper and Valentine from the original Starcade here. That that's the most famous one. This was even better than Piper Valentine at Starcade 83. All four of those guys, Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe. Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood should be commended 
for the story that they told in that match. Because you knew going in, you knew going in, this was going to be the end of the rivalry. It, it had to be. And these four men put their bodies on the line. If I could use an old JR term, gave you of their soul in that match. And it was just incredible. I mean, even one of the referees, Mike Posey, bled. And that was shocking to see Mike Posey bleed during him. It just any time a referee bleeds is surprising, I think. But those four men went above and beyond what they should have had to do. And it was just fantastic. I mean, if you're going to end the rivalry, that's the way you end a rivalry. Especially the way that the Briscoes and FDR had been. And, and here's the weird thing about this rivalry. If it wins some award for the feud of the year, it's only going to be because one of the three match number one, the three matches that they had. That's the first thing. The second thing is the Briscoes were never on television. They were never on television because, you know, Warner Brothers and Discovery are like, oh, we can't have the Briscoes on. I mean, but still, the, the matches were great. Every one of them was great. And this double dog collar match, chain match, was the end-all, be-all match. This was the best match of the show. I mean, it it may be even possible this late in the year to say this was the match of the year. I know we have two weeks left in the year. That might be the match of the year. It really might. And I thought the first one was fantastic. And I thought the second one was fantastic. This one blows them both out of the water. It's amazing. Just absolutely amazing. But, you know, overall, Final Battle was a tremendous show. Oh, we got to talk. I got to talk about Jericho and Claudio real quick. That was a good main event. I mean,. They didn't have the difficult task of going after that ma- after the dog collar match. That was Samoa Joe and Juice Robinson, but they had you know like they w- they were the last match, Jericho and Claudio, and the way Claudio won the title by forcing Jericho to submit in the swing. I never, I didn't even know that was possible, but I guess anything is possible in the world of professional wrestling and. We definitely saw that at Final Battle. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to say it again. You guys need to see this show. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, The best Ring of Honor show since Tony Khan has bought it. It could have been the pay-per-view of the year. I'm not really sure. It could have been the show of the year. I'm not really sure. 
it definitely had a match of the year contender in there. It's going to be very interesting when these publications come out of, you know, what is chosen as the match of the year um, because of how late this match was. I don't, I don't think it's going to get the PWI award because they normally have a time frame of when you can vote, but it'll be fun to see where that goes. So, news broke on Thursday that Vince McMahon, and this is a report from the Wall Street Journal, Vince McMahon is trying to get back into the WWE. This story was first reported by the Wall Street Journal, and it has been confirmed by several sources within WWE. It is also noted in this article that on November 3rd, former referee Rita Chatterton, Rita Marie, had sent a demand of $11.75 million to Vince's attorney, Jerry McDevitt, stemming from her claim of a raping incident in the back of McMahon's limo. The Wall Street Journal was given a copy of the letter. They also reported a lawyer representing a former spa manager sent a legal letter to McDevitt, which claimed McMahon assaulted her client in 2011 at a California resort. This story had never gotten out previously. All right, so I, I, I want to go with the with the accusation or the the letters first. The thing with uh, Rita Chatterton. That story's been around for almost 40 years. And I'm glad that Rita is continuing to fight this. I, I really am. Because they were doing that whole thing in 85. And even in 86. Whereas, like, we got a female referee. And she's the only one. And, you know, whatever happened in that story with Rita and Vince, I, I've never been fully, um, like, I've never really gotten the full story. All I know is Vince was, you know, trying to play hookup with Rita, and now the lawsuit has come here. With the California spa incident, this is a brand new one. This is brand new. The person has obviously not identified their name, has not put out their name, which is good. Because I don't think we need to go into that. But, you know, if you're saying that you're trying to come back to your company, and then you got these two letters that come to you, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be thinking of going back. But that's just me. I'm not Vince McMahon. The thing with Vince is he has always been power-driven. He's always been power-driven. I don't know what in his mind Vince McMahon is thinking that he's going to be able to come back. There has to be. There has to be something that is making Vince say, I want to come back. There really has to. It's not going to be an easy task. It really isn't. Yes, he is still the majority owner of the company, 
but he's still got the board of directors to go through. And, you know, you also have the people that have stocks in the company. You know, you have to deal with them. And after everything that happened in the summer with Vince, I don't think now's a good time or any time for Vince to come back. He cannot accept the fact that at this point in time on this recording, the 17th of December, 2022, he's not in charge of the company anymore. He's not running the day-to-day operation. It's Nick Khan, it's Stephanie McMahon, it's Triple H. Those are the three that are running this company. And I don't know if Vince is in the thought of, well, the three of them can't run my company. I may as well go back and run it. Can't do that. Not when you've had all these allegations, you paid off all that hush money. You just can't do that. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work that way. And if Vince thinks this is going to be a walk in the park, he's going to be sadly mistaken and he's going to be in for a long time to wait before he gets back, if he does get back. So it's going to be something to see. And I know that this week, the the Nine Lives of Vince McMahon uh, documentary came out. I have not watched it yet. I have not seen it. Um, I'm, I'm sure someone's going to put it up on YouTube at some point. Um, I just, you know, I, I don't know what Vince is thinking. I really don't know what Vince is thinking at this time. So this is something we're going to have to, we're going to have to see in the very near future. From Vince coming back now to Matt Riddle getting suspended by WWE. And no, it's not because of weed. Uh, It was reported that Matt Riddle has failed two drug tests and is suspended and is in rehab. This is according to Bodyslam.net. Now, they did an injury angle a couple weeks ago with Riddle taking him out of action. Um, It has since been reported that the reason he's off is because he is suspended and he failed the two drug tests. You have three strikes and you're out of the company. Um, we all know Matt Hardy's, uh, you know, a smoker of marijuana, which is not a, which is not a, a, a suspended offense in WWE. From what I've read, I think it had to be something to do with cocaine was one of the things that he had in his system. That That's something I've heard. Um, but I don't really know. Um, this is, you know, this is one of the things that I'm, I'm glad to see that Matt Riddle has taken up going to rehab. I, I really do. I, I'm really glad that he is. He is a very popular act in WWE and he needs to get himself together. He really does need to get himself together or else he's going to end up like so many other people you know, not going to live much longer. But from, you know, I don't know how long 
he's going to be in rehab. I'm glad he is doing it. I really am glad. Um, I just hope he gets himself together, number one. He needs to get his life together because, you know, he has the divorce uh, with his wife. Which is which is tough. I mean that that that's tough on anyone. It's not just a wrestler. It's tough on anyone. Um, but hopefully he cleans himself up, and we see him in twenty twenty three at some point, and maybe he'll be even better than he is before. Which, if you can believe it, you know is hard to do. But Riddle could do it. I, I really could see Riddle doing that. Um, the card for Wrestle Kingdom this year has officially come out, and boy, is this a stacked show. I wanted to talk about this real quick, because I'm not going to get a chance to talk about it uh, next week on the season finale, because you guys know what the what we're going to be doing, and I'll mention it again at the end of the show. But, boy, this is such a loaded card. Let me run down the card for everybody we're going to have um we're going to have an exhibition match with two of the young lions and then there's going to be the annual new japan rambo match where um the final four people will compete the next night to start off as the interim king of pro wrestling champion then the main show begins with a 30 minute Antonio Inoki Memorial six-man tag match where it is Yuji Nagata, Satoshi Kojima, and Toji Makabe against Tiger Mask, Minoru Suzuki, and Tatsumi Fujinami. And I should mention, speaking of uh, Minoru Suzuki, he has announced that Suzuki Goon is disbanding at the end of this year, and they're going to have their last match together next week in a special eight-man tag where they're going to face off against each other. So that's going to be a very interesting match. Then we have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. Francesco Akira and TJP defend against Leo Rush and Yo, who won the Super Junior Tag League Tournament. Kyrie defends the IWGP Women's title against Tam Nakano. Then we have the IWGP Tag Team Titles. FTR defends against Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. They won the World Tag League Tournament. Then the finals of the New Japan World TV Championship. 15-minute uh, time limit. They're going to crown their first ever television champion. Ren Narita and Zack Sabre Jr. Then the Never Open Weight title is on the line. Uh, Machine Gun Carl Anderson defending against Tamatonga. Then Kaiji Muto's last match in New Japan. He teams up with Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shoto Umino against Bushi, Sanada, and Tetsuya Naito. Four-way match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title sees Taiji Ishimori defending against Master Wato, El Desperado, and Hiromo, Hiromu Takahashi. Then, the IWGP United States Heavyweight title, Will Ospreay, defends against Kenny Omega in the Dream Match. And in the main event, Jay White defends the IWGP Heavyweight title against Kazuchika Okada, who won the G1 Climax 
earlier this year. This is a really a good looking card for the biggest show of the year for New Japan Pro Wrestling. And probably the story of the week in the world of professional wrestling, Mandy Rose got let go by WWE. And this is such a weird situation. So Mandy Rose had been, for over a year, the NXT Women's Champion. Been champion for over a year. She goes on to NXT Tuesday, drops the belt to Roxanne Perez, who, oh, by the way, is 21 years old. She's 21 years old. Congratulations to her on winning the title. It is not until the next day that Mandy Rose is told she has been let go. She has been fired from WWE. According to those close to the situation... Uh, Matt Bloom informed Shawn Michaels about content on Mandy Rose's fan time subscription service that had gotten more racy of late. While not confirmed, there are those who believe Rose was making more money posting photos and making custom videos for subscribers that contained nudity. Okay. Here, here's, okay, first of all, first of all, WWE for years, for years, had a relationship with Playboy. Sable was on the cover twice. Tori Wilson was on the cover twice. You had China, Candice Michelle, Maria, Christy Hemi, Ashley Massaro. They were on the cover of Playboy. But I guess because, number one... WWE is not making any money off of what Mandy Rose is doing. And number two, they're worried more of the family entertainment process that they got rid of her. They just got rid of her. They didn't, you know, it's so bizarre. It really is. And believe it or not, I, I did a little bit of research on this. It's not like... Mandy Rose is showing her body parts. It's not like Playboy. It really isn't. It's not like there is a video of her having sex. It's just pictures and videos of just her. Are some of them nude? Yeah, there there are. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say there aren't. There are. But... To get rid of her like that is such a hypocritical move. I mean, it it just blows my mind because they had she had one of the top acts in NXT with Toxic Attraction with Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. I just don't get this. I really I really don't get this firing at all. Is it because she had the site or is it because of the content? And really, if you're talking about the content, the content 
is not real from what I saw and from what other people have said it's not like it's porn you know it's not playboy I mean for goodness sakes I, I just don't get it and yet at the same time you have the Usos who have been arrested multiple times for DUIs Still in the company, have the longest tag team title reign in history, blah, 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 blah. Randy Orton is still in the company. After doing horrible things for years, still in the company. Yet, Mandy Rose, who opened a site, opened up a site, a third party site, posted pictures and videos, and she just gets fired without ever having a chance to defend herself or say, okay, I'll cut down. on I, I don't know. It's just one of those stories, one of those situations where it just doesn't add up. It just really doesn't. Do I think Toxic Attraction were going to get on the main roster? I really think they were. I, I really think uh, the Royal Rumble would have been the time to have them there. But I don't think this is going to be a punishment for either Gigi or JC. I think they will get there eventually. But it's just not going to be without Mandy. However, I have read that the door is not closed on Mandy Rose. It is not closed. Um, so we'll see if she ever does come back or if she's like, you know what? I'm done with wrestling. It's very possible that she is done with wrestling. She can move on, do other things. She can. And she has the money to, you know, she's financially set for life. She's got a fiance. They're probably going to get married uh, in the next year or so. I mean, if this is where it ends, this is where it ends. So, I just one of those weird things that, you try to explain, more has to come out, I think. More has to come out at some point. I just don't know when. That's going to do it for the show for this week. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at that wrestlingshow.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, wrestlingshow11. Follow us on Facebook or on Instagram, that wrestling show, and join our Facebook group, that wrestling show fan group. Now to plug podcasts, friends, and shows you guys should check out, starting with our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, as they celebrate their 300th episode. This is from the fans, for the fans. You might even get to hear me. Maybe. Check it out on our Vantage Point. Also, check out Greetings from Allentown and GFA Live with Peter Winston and Keithy. As this week they watch an episode of WWF Superstars from October 10th, 1988. Also, Juice Pro Wrestling this year or this week interview Adult Entertainment Hall of Famer ex uh, ex wrestling superstar ECW and XPW original Jasmine Saint Clair. You'll hear her and much more this week on Juice Pro Wrestling. Also, check out the Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast with Luke Jennings, the number one Memphis podcast in the UK. Check them out. 
Memphis Continental Wrestling Cast. For non-wrestling related podcasts, check out the Best Pick Movie Podcast with Tom, John, and Jess. This week, they watch Gas Food Lodging. That is this week on the Best Pick Movie Podcast. Also, check out Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird... Oops, excuse me. Uh, check out David Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, where this week it is part one of an interview with the drummer for Weird Al, John Bermuda Schwartz, as they talk about his brand new book, Lights, Camera, Accordion, and Eye-Popping Photographs of Weird Al Yankovic. That is this week on David Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Also, check out Escape from Vault Disney, where this week they watch Home Alone 2. Yes, Home Alone 2 this week on Escape from Vault Disney. Also, check out For Your Reference, a sports reference podcast, where this week they discuss athletes with music records. That's a very interesting topic there. And finally, check out Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast, where I watch and review each and every South Park episode. This week, it is the conclusion of the Black Friday trilogy as I review the season 17 episode, Titties and Dragons. And you'll hear my thoughts on if this is the best South Park trilogy ever. Next week is the season finale of that wrestling show, and we're going to have fun because next week, actually, you know what? I'm going to pull up. I'm going to pull up the original message that I received a year ago. And, and, and I have to explain this here now instead of next week, because I probably will forget next week. So one of our loyal listeners, one of, one of our loyal listeners of the show, as soon as this pops up here, Isn't the internet such fun, folks? Um, what the heck? Oh, there we go. Okay, so uh, Nick Opaluski sent us a message about a year ago asking if I could review the December 24th 1990 episode of Primetime Wrestling. It is a Christmas episode. It's on Christmas Eve, but it is a Christmas episode. Well, I tell you what we're going to do. Instead of reviewing the show next week, we're going to do, I'm going to do, a special watch-along where I'm going to watch this show as it happens. As it happens. It's going to be a watch-along. You guys can... Watch it on uh, Peacock as well. And that's how we're going to end this season. We're going to end it on a fun note by watching the 1990 Christmas Eve episode of Primetime Wrestling. So on that note, hope you all have a wonderful week. Have fun, be safe, and come back next week for the season finale of that wrestling show as we watch, or at least I watch, (coughs) oh my god, Primetime Wrestling, December 24th, 1990. Have a good week, and until then, I am Bill Yankovey. 
This is That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And as always, wrestle on.